Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is Race Day at the 2023 Monaco Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Max Verstappen beats Fernando Alonso in a stale race turned chaotic by a sudden and intense rain shower with fewer than 30 laps to go. But did Alonso have a shot at beating Verstappen? There's been plenty of debate about his decision to switch to mediums instead of intermediates as the rain arrived, forcing him into an extra stop as the weather worsened. Just behind him, Esteban Ocon completed the podium for Alpine, though Pierre Gasly thinks it should have been him, and Ferrari has once again angered its drivers with some questionable strategizing in Monaco. To talk us through an eventually action-packed race in Monte Carlo, let's hear now from your host, Julianne Serasoli. It was a good Monaco Grand Prix in the end, wasn't it? I'm Julian Serrazoli speaking here still from the track where we had a race with tough decisions and some very nerve-wracking moments. The winner, yes, he did it again. Max Verstappen led all laps starting from pole, but it wasn't an easy one, far from that. I was actually getting ready to remind you on today's podcast of how Qualifying was amazing and how the Monaco Grand Prix should have its place in the calendar because of that, because of qualifying. In other words, I was expecting no rain and a boring race, but I should know better. I have seen quite often in Monaco rain coming completely out of the blue and also days in which you think it's impossible that it's not going to rain, but the rain never comes. The sudden rain happened last year And it's another reason why I should know better, because I was on the grid with a tiny umbrella, trying not to get too wet. But soon that rain turned into a huge storm, and you remember the chaos that followed, there was no electricity and all that. It was similar in a way this time, but of course less intense. That meant Verstappen had to work hard for this win. But you might think, but how? As he was always so far away from Fernando. So this was a bit of a Cold War kind of race. It's because of the combination of Fernando's strategy to start on the hard tire and the prospect of rain. Max had to wait Fernando to pit. Otherwise, he was risking having to pit twice against one stop from the Spaniard, who could, of course, wait for longer for the rain or safety car because he had the hard tires. So Max even tried to open up a gap to have this cushion to have a second pit stop, but the tires were graining too much. And when his mediums were far from looking good, it started to rain. That was after 50 over 50 laps on a medium tire, more than double what they were planning to do. Max said that they were planning 
to do 20 to 25 laps with those median tires from the start of the race. Even with all that, he stopped one lap after Fernando and chose the right tire, the Inters. It was interesting to hear from Alonso that he felt he had to stop, number one, because his hearts were gone, and number two, because they didn't expect more rain at that moment. So if the roles had been reversed, Alonso could have a bit of a chance of winning. I'm sure you remember all the hype about Aston having a great car for Monaco, and we did not see that today. How can we explain that? So on one hand, Red Bull worked really well this weekend. The car was behaving much better with the bumps than in other races, but also Aston did not get the maximum out of the package. I heard from the team that this car is so much better than the previous one that simulating what it can do can be hard for them. So every weekend is a work in progress. So they start for FP1 thinking the car is going to behave like this, it's going to be this quick and it's a lot quicker. So they have to learn a lot throughout the weekend. And Fernando said that they maybe went too radical in one direction with the setup in order to maximize qualifying because he felt the car was rough with the front. Those were his words. He even felt he, he thought he had a puncture at some point because he was behaving really badly. But he still thinks they have other chances of winning in places like Budapest, where we should have that different qualifying with hards, mediums and softs, which we're supposed to have seen in Imola or even in Singapore. Just a final story on Max. I heard that he was screaming over the radio during his qualifying lap, the last one, thinking it wasn't going really well. So he started on the first two sectors that weren't going really well with some F words. Ah, ah. And then he changed to, oh no, I touched the wall. Oh, touched the wall in the third sector. But at least that bit was very quick. And that came handy for him in the race starting from pole. There was quite a lot going on behind those two. The final podium position almost slipped away from Esteban Ocon's hands twice, but the Frenchman was able to celebrate the podium, which started with another one. Excellent qualifying lap on Saturday. But he also suffered more than he expected. First, he was hit by Carlos Sainz before the Nouvelle Chicane, and his car was a bit damaged. And then his first pit stop was a bad one. And then he had, in the end, Lewis Hamilton very close to him in the final stages when the track was super slippery. So he said everything was under control, but it seems like it's never easy for me to win podiums to have good results. Always something happens, uh, but I'm getting used to it and I take it. Remember, he said he was super confident with the car on Saturday. After the race, he said any confidence with any car disappears when it starts to rain in Monaco. I thought it was a very good quote. Many drivers, I think, would echo that. I saw many disappointed faces after the race. The two Ferrari drivers decided to stay out for longer or at least from what I heard from them, it was their call. Sainz lost the car, ended up behind Leclerc, 
who hadn't managed to wait for the rain on his hard tires. He started with the hard tires, uh, betting on a safety car, so betting on weight the maximum he could on the track uh, with the hard tires, but he didn't manage to wait enough for the rain. So they had to pit twice. And then Sainz had to wait for Leclerc's stop and he lost the position also to Gasly. Gasly was also very disappointed. He thinks Alpine should have been celebrating P3 and P4 with him in front, with him on P3. He was P3 just before it started to rain. He had managed to stay out with the hard tires, but he was called in just before the rain started. And he came back for another change two laps later. So that meant he lost ground to Ocon, to Hamilton, Russell and Leclerc. So that's why he was very disappointed. Russell was right behind him, also having started on the hard, but made a silly mistake uh, just after putting uh, the Inters, losing the car while he was slowing down for a yellow flag. Oh my god. He rejoined the track while Paris was passing, they touched, he damaged his car and got a 5 second penalty, which didn't change his result in the end. Then he lost the position to Hamilton and to Ocon. After that, he said he was so frustrated with himself that he decided not to push and felt it was better to take the car home and settle down. But no one had more reasons to be disappointed than Sergio Perez. The Mexican made a mistake in crashing qualifying, started last, got stuck behind Lance Stroll, which was the worst case scenario for him it was the quickest car he had around him there in the back of the grid. And then he touched with Magnussen. Magnussen, he had um, the anti-stall kicked in weirdly in the middle of the chicane. And then Sergio was right behind and couldn't avoid him. Damaged his front wing. So that meant he made another trip to the, the pit lane, which wasn't programmed. And when the rain came, he then stopped twice because he tried the blue wet tires just before the rain stopped. So not by chance, Perez left the circuit where he expected to beat Verstappen, saying that it's about time I start winning races. Definitely it is if he wants to stay in the race for the championship. Talking about things outside the racetrack, the grid was super crowded but not with as many celebrities or at least global celebrities as you would expect or as we've seen in previous years. Of course, Tom Holland, Spider-Man was there. I saw Neymar meeting Orlando Bloom. But always, for me, the most impressive thing about the Monaco grid is how drivers are trying to focus and also have to deal with a number of distractions. I saw Carlos Sainz almost being hit by a camera which would have hurt quite a lot, but there's no escape. The grid is just too, too narrow in Monaco. It's part of the Monaco charm. And about yesterday's Red Bull party, well, it wasn't as wild as in the now old days when we used to party hard on Thursday as the Fridays were a day off. But it had some bizarre moments as women dressed as lambs and Neymar again playing poker with some influencers. Well, you have to bet when you are in Monaco, don't you? I hope you enjoyed this weekend's coverage and F1 isn't stopping. Next week, 
We'll be in Barcelona. Bye bye. Thanks very much to Julianne, who could probably use a little bit of a lie down after the Sunday afternoon we've just had. You'll hear from Julianne again later in the season, but for now you can find her on social media. Just check the links in the show description. And make sure you don't miss an update from next weekend's Spanish Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at Pit Pass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.